<laughs> good, good afternoon and welcome to the uh, Chad and Louise show. I nearly forgot what my own name was. Um, it's not a great start. Welcome, welcome. If, if you're watching us live, um, please say hello in the comments um, or the sidebar. If you're watching this on Catch Up, um, I'll put some links in so that you can find us afterwards and you can ask any questions um, you wish to. So uh, Chad and I have these series of shows once a month where we chat with people who know an awful lot more than me. And um, today we're talking programmatic with Thomas Prince. Um, before we start, Chad, why are you having a cup of tea? Coffee, presumably? Coffee, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Sorry. Don't do that tea thing. No, sorry. Um, would you like to introduce yourself? Everyone knows you, but you better still do it. Hello all, uh, my name is Chad Sowash. Uh, also known as the Chad from the Chad and Cheese podcast. Uh, if you don't know me, that's a shame. You should be listening to the podcast first and foremost. Uh, second, uh, just go to LinkedIn, search Chad Sowash, S-O-W-A-S-H. I am the only one in the world. Check me out, connect, and uh, that's me. Cool. I I'm quite tempted to uh, change one of my children's name by deed poll, now you've said that. <laughs> to do what? Change I'm, I'm not sure it's name. true. I'm not sure this is true. I think this might be fake news. There's got to be another Chad Sowash somewhere. There's yeah, not. I'm, nope. I'm going to find him. Yeah, so am I. And actually, I'm going to rename one of my kids. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would, I would be greatly honored. That would be, they wouldn't, but I would be. No, great. it's petrifying, isn't it? She won't like it at all. Um, so, Thomas, please introduce yourself. Uh, my name's Thomas, you already know that. Um, I'm one of the co-founders at Talent Nexus. We're a recruitment marketing agency. We're based in Surbiton in the UK. Um, and we help job boards, staffing firms, and direct employers with their recruitment marketing. Okay, fabulous. So we're talking about programmatic today. Um, I guess you've just said about the type of people you work with. Um, before we, before I get you to describe, both of you to describe what programmatic is, who, who are we talking to here on this show? Are we talking to staffing agencies? Are we talking to direct hirers, vendors? Who is it, Thomas? Um, I mean, ultimately, all of the above. I think the use cases are different. The benefits are very different. Uh, but ultimately, you know, direct employers can, can benefit hugely from taking a programmatic approach to their recruitment advertising. Um, we should probably cover what that means in a second. Um, yeah. Like staffing firms, absolutely, like should already be doing it. Um, Job boards are kind of unique in that they can buy traffic programmatically, but they can also sell traffic programmatically. So actually, of all the three groups, job boards have got the most to kind of wrestle with and get their head around. But yeah, it's definitely relevant to, to all of those uh, groups. Okay, so um, I know Thomas has got a really good explanation of what programmatic is, Chad. Have you heard yeah. it before? Uh, yes, and believe it or not, I can actually spell it, unlike most talent acquisition uh, professionals. Eh? They, I think from my standpoint, uh, you know, uh, as, as Thomas had said, that, you know, staffing, RPO, I mean, those organizations where uh, recruiting is their business, if they're not doing programmatic and they're watching this right now, you are way fucking behind the ball. Um, it, this is a great way for you to actually be more efficient. And really, it's it's one of those conversations we've been having around robots versus humans and cutting out some of those menial tasks 
that humans are actually doing on a daily basis that they really don't need to do. And it really is like a sucky job. So why not have the robots do it? So that's, that's kind of like my overview of what programmatic is. Um, a, Thomas can give you a much more eloquent version. Okay, oh, cool. I want to say eloquent. I've got an analogy <laughs> like for you. Would, okay. an, would an analogy help? It would, because yeah, I, yeah. I have I like to say, I, I, I'd got confused about whether it was about um, automation, whether it's about, um, you know, uh, I don't know, machine learning, what it was, and whether it was something um, which you had to buy in. So if you want to tell well, us... Well, don't forget, like, blockchain, AI, you know... <laughs> RPA. Don't forget, RPA is big now. Right. So, I mean... So let's so it's a programmatically. Um, it's not a noun. It's you know, it's not a programmatic. You can't have programmatics plural. Um, so, which we hear, how many programmatics do we need? Um, so, we. I want a t-shirt like that. Yeah, right. I'm I'm, I'm a programmatics expert. That's the t-shirt. Um, so the way we expect, so direct employers from their perspective, the way we explain it, and it's the same as staffing firms, actually, um, programmatic is a level of automation. So you've got like manual, automated, programmatic, and then maybe up here there's like AI driven, super automated, you didn't even think about it and it happened, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about another level of automation. So the analogy is uh, your, your weekly Sainsbury's shop, other supermarkets are available. Um, so the manual version of that is you go to the store, you put stuff in your in your thing, you drive it home, you whack it in the fridge. The automatic version of that is online shopping. The program programmatic is different from automatic. In, in that you need two things. You need a little bit of upfront investment and you need some rules. So in this case, we're gonna go with smart fridge and I'm gonna sit down with my wife and go, right, every, uh, like we could agree on this. Every week, we want two pints of milk in the fridge at all times. So my smart fridge is looking at how much milk is in the fridge. As soon as it goes below two pints of milk, orders me some milk. So the difference between that and automatic is that I've had to put a little bit of time up front and it is tech enabled. You need tech to do programmatic. You need to be able to set those rules. Once you do that up front, you never think about it again. There's just milk in the fridge. And then you just manage it by exception. I'm going on holiday. I don't need milk. I go in and change my rules. But otherwise, it just runs and runs and runs. So in recruitment, the analogy would be like the manual version is, oh, got a job to fill, phone up job board, buy a credit, email the job over, or upload it through their kind of web-based thing. Automatic could be maybe something like broad B. Programmatic would be sit down at the start of the year. What are the two things I need? A bit of tech and some rules. So the bit of tech is a programmatic buying tool, and there's lots of those that exist in the recruitment space now. And the rules would be something like, okay, whenever a customer service job comes onto our careers website, I want that in, you know, I want that on all these aggregators, I want all the, on all these job boards, I want it on social, I want this, I want that. And then, and every job of that type, 500 quid budget. And you set that up at the beginning of the year, you assign the money, you set it up, and then every customer service or that comes to your site automatically, or dare I say programmatically, gets distributed, gets the response you need. Um, and you might have a completely different set of rules for your engineers. You might have a completely different set of rules for you know, C-suite or whatever. So you, you set it all up at the beginning of the year and then you just monitor and evaluate. And the role of a programmatic agency like ours is to keep an eye on those rules, make sure that you're, the, you're getting what you're supposed to be getting for that spend for the rules that you've put in place. But, but that, that's it, it's literally the smart fridge of the recruitment world. It's a step up from automatic. So the benefits are time saving, right? So I've spent half an hour at the beginning of the year trying to work out how much milk I need, but once I've done that, no more ordering of milk. I know, 
you know, I set it up at the beginning of the year. This is how I want to advertise my customer service roles. I'm not going to think about that for six months. And then I'm going to, you know, when my agency tells me it's, it needs improvement, I'm going to talk to them about it. I'm going to forget about it. Um, so it, it's about time and it's about speed. You don't want to have to be doing decision making every time a new job comes onto your website. You work it out in advance, you let the jobs come on, and, and it, it just takes care of itself. So there, there's so much hype, but at the end of the day, it's, it's, you're still posting jobs in much the same places as you were before. Um, you know, you're still um, you know, making decisions about where to post jobs and how much to spend on those jobs. None, none of that changes. Um, you're just doing it like really quickly. You're saving time and, and ultimately saving, saving money. Well, and here's here's the big thing out of the analogy that I think for town acquisition they need to understand is the amount of time it actually takes. So in your analogy, the smart fridge, first and foremost, there, there's a there's pretty big cost up front to be able to get that smart fridge. Um, but to be able to actually take that time that you're saving to go out and buy milk, uh, the travel, travel back, whatever that might be, right? All of that is what your recruiting team is doing on a daily basis. So how much of that time are they actually using every single day or just week um, to be able to do these little tasks where they could actually be talking to actual human beings? And this is where I believe, once again, big, bigger tech, better tech uh, helps us be more human because it allows our humans to do more human outreach to real people. Today, it's not being done. People are going into the black hole because they're spending too much time doing stupid shit like this. We can have machines doing it. Instead, uh, it can be much more efficient and you can put your people to work. So you're actually looking at you know better uh, overhead, human resource management, and those types of things as well. Can I ask a question? Yeah. So it seems really easy That's to it. me. Um, I guess that what I wonder is you set this up at the beginning of the year and you say when I've got customer services jobs this is what I want to do but what happens if the places where you would normally advertise those customer services job change over the years over the year rather or there's um is there not a fear that you're going to miss out on better places that you should be advertising those jobs if you agree in January yeah that's a really good point so that so that's where you either need some really strong expertise in-house or much more likely, as with most ad buying in other sectors, you know, in other worlds, you get an ad agency that knows that stuff. Yeah. So they'll be keeping an eye on all the media channels that you're using. So if someone gives us a job, that might end up on, um, you know, 35 different uh, kind of, you know, recruitment websites from the, you yeah. know, the, the traditional job boards, if you want to call them that, to so the, the aggregators. Um, you know, that's a blurry distinction nowadays. But, uh, but ultimately, we, you know, we spend about 1.6 million pounds a month on recruitment traffic, so if you want, so you need data, right, for this to work. So you need, so I need to look at the last customer service job that we had on our side, mm -hmm. like going through our, our tech. I need to look at, okay, well, where did that perform well? And it's not just about applications; it's about getting tracking in place that goes way past that. Because I, I've always thought that the, the those channels that produce the most applications tend to produce the least value. Maybe I'm wrong, varies by sector, but I, I don't think it's a bad rule of thumb. Mm -hmm. So you need to be able to track past that. So for staffing firms, that's like a qualified registered candidate or whatever it, whatever the status is where a consultant picks up a CV and goes, they go on the database. Right. Um, for direct employers, that might be interviews. Um, it might be hires, it might be placements, that's even better, but you just need some measure of quality in there. So we've got that data feeding back and then you know we adjust the media channels at, you know day by day as, as needed. Let's let's go back into this a little bit deeper, because I think most companies aren't even having the programmatic conversation because they feel almost like it's um, 
like SEO. Remember back in the days, we everybody SEO was everything. It was like, oh, we need search engine optimization, Google. Um, it was like magic, but nobody really knew how it worked. Uh, some of the SEO consultants were more smoke and mirrors <coughs> than they were results. So, I mean, people think of programmatic, I think, in that vein. So if you could dive a little bit deeper and talk about process analytics, return on investment, and some of those companies are really afraid that they're going to lose control over their, oh, I love my monster or I love my Indeed or whatever the hell it is, right? right. They feel like they're going to lose that control, but but they don't. So process analytics, ROI and control. Tell us about that. Yeah. So I think that, so the, the reality as with all these things is if you've never done it before, it looks more complicated than it actually is. Um, so let, let's say you went out and engaged a programmatic agency and said, right, you know, we want to get this set up. We want to run a trial, a three month trial. That'd be a really normal way to get into this. So you would, um, give them a budget. You'd say, okay, 5,000 pounds a month or a thousand pounds a month or a hundred thousand pounds a month. It doesn't matter what the budget is. Um, that agency would take all the jobs off your website. You could give them a feed of jobs, but what they probably do for speed, they just scrape them, they just grab all those jobs. So the agency now has a budget and a load of jobs, and they're going to sit down with you for two hours, and, they, and they're going to go, right, these are all the jobs we're seeing on your website. How important are these jobs to you? Uh, how much do you want to invest to fill these jobs? Um, when do you want to stop advertising these jobs? Because it's all, you could put a rule in place around anything. So a really typical rule would be, keep advertising this customer service as well until I get 50 applications because I've done my ratios and that's what I need to right. hire someone or right. until I spend 500 pounds. Because if I've spent 500 pounds and I haven't got those applications, something's going wrong, we're going to delve into that, we're going to work out what that is. Right. So th there's, it's completely hands off from a, you know, if you're, the, if you're the recruiter sitting there in a staff firm or a direct employer, you're, you're not, you don't need to be like logging into tech and like trying to assess all the rules and everything. You work with an account manager, you know, programmatic agencies like marketing agencies, you speak with someone like, you know, me, and you're like, Thomas, you know, we've we got to change these rules up, we're getting a whole load of new developer jobs on, I want them to have a thousand pound budget each, I want them to go on all these websites. Yeah. And a, a good programmatic agency will give you complete transparency over where that money is being spent and you, and you can veto those channels. So we might turn around and go, okay, for these jobs, we're going to put it in these six different, you know, job boards slash aggregators. Uh, and, you know, Chad, you might turn around and go, I'm not spending money with those guys. They're a bunch of whatever. Fine. Indeed. So yeah. the list. Um, and so that, that you, you retain control over where your jobs go. That's really important. Um, and there's no big tech integrations. Unlike the smart fridge analogy, actually, you don't have to shell out a load of money. It's like you get a free smart fridge. Like a free smart fridge. Thomas is giving out free smart fridges. <laughs> big talent nexus logo. Um, it's just the worst you? analogy. No, no, it's great. I still like it. Um, See, I understand how this works with your corporate hire because you know roughly what jobs are going to be, you know, you know what roles exist in your organisation and maybe you might change your business model a little bit. But if you're an agency, you don't know what your client's going to come to you with next. So what happens if right. you're an agency and suddenly you get a new deal and you're doing nurses as, as, as a role? Doesn't that mean you have to then spend quite a lot of time having those conversations with someone like you again? Um, it depends... It depends. No is the simple answer. So what you so most staffing firms will have kind of core areas that they work in, whether that's a discipline or a seniority band or whatever it is. Those ones, we'd sit down, we'd work through, we'd work out what the rules are. But equally, they could take any random job from anywhere. You know, 
for those ones, you, you kind of do one of two things. You either just block them, you don't advertise those jobs because it's more hassle than it's worth trying to set it all up. Or you say, right, you're the programmatic agency, you take care of it. Advertise those jobs where you know we're going to get decent results. Okay. And you just kind of outsource it. And you'd have your block list, like I never want any of my jobs to appear here, here, or here. But otherwise, you just give it to the programmatic agency. They're going to send those jobs out to places that are kind of data proven to work for that job type. And you, you just take a step back from it. Um, so it's, I, I think one of the, that there's another element to all of this that, that is always used in the kind of the same breath as programmatic, but is a slightly different thing, which is kind of the paper performance. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think that's maybe confused a couple of people. So programmatic being a, a verb is an, an approach. Um, you know, paper performance is just a different way of buying the same thing ultimately. It's just a different way of buying candidate traffic. Um, so most programmatic agencies like us lean towards those publishers where we can where we can buy clicks or where we can buy applications. Because what we're looking for is speed. Yes. Right? So we well, want to take then, jobs, I, get them out there. Think of it from a duration standpoint. So you did get those 50 apps, but yet you're in a duration kind of like a spend. And then you have that person that's going to pull down jobs or put down jobs, or maybe you just keep them up there and you continue to get all these applications from individuals who are going to go directly into a black hole, right? So again, this is, I think it, it's not just from an efficiency standpoint, it also helps from the standpoint of user experience. If you're never gonna get those people in the first place, is it great to have them in the database? Yeah, is it great to send them to a, a black hole? No, that really sucks. Right. Now you're talking about the duration piece versus performance. Uh, I believe I saw something from Chris Foreman, um, CEO of, of, of uh, AppCast, where he was talking about about 50%, I believe, of uh, of their buys are performance based buys. What are you seeing in the UK? Is it is it pretty much the same, or is that is is it still very heavy on the duration side? Um, it, it's predominantly duration based. Okay. But what we are seeing is that duration based media, i.e., traditional job boards, you know what what you and I would think of as a as a traditional job board, right. are increasingly offering both options. Mm -hmm. uh, and ultimately, for us, it's about we we want to break down. We we don't want to buy a you know hundred thousand pound contract. We we want to buy an application, and by by buying in really little parcels of stuff, we can then do pick and mix in a way that we can't. So yeah. the, the the kind of rationale for most of our clients is like like and staffing firms are a classic example. Staffing firms are all about speed. So yeah. for, for every twenty candidates that a staffing firm has access to, nineteen of them are also registered with other staffing firms. They're also applying directly. So for you to monetize that candidate, you've got to get them to a client super fast and then take ownership of that of that candidate. So you don't want to have your job on two job boards for 30 days. You want to have them on 30 job boards for two days. You want to get every candidate in the market now and you want to shoot those all over. And, and it, like speed will increasingly be like a determinant of success in recruitment advertising for staffing. Mm. It's still true for direct employers, right? You want candidates in quickly. Like no one... You're a very progressive employer if you're advertising a job that you don't need to fill yet. Um, that is not our experience of direct employer hiring. Um, yeah. So, you, you know, that job should have been hired three weeks ago um, and it's got to happen fast. So, again, right. don't just put it on a couple of job boards because that's how the market works. Use every job board, but you just want to buy a little bit of each one. So it's more on the transactional base as opposed to the bulk base now. That's it. Um, and for job boards, it's a great opportunity because there, there, are, there are lots of job boards for whom... You, a direct employer might not turn around and, and sign off an 800 quid job advert. Yeah. But they might go, you know what, I will give you 10 quid an application. Hmm. So, all right, we'll make a thousand pound budget, pound 
a pot of budget available. We're going to send that job to 30 people. Yeah. Game on. So, so now we've got you know job boards who weren't taking that sort of revenue. And actually, if they're quick off the mark and the systems work, they uh, pounds budget instead of instead of none. Um, the the difficulty in the UK market is that job boards are not set up to work at that sort of speed, generally speaking. So you know you might have a job board that sends out two jobs by email alerts on a Monday and a Thursday. Now, in the model I just spoke about, that is only going to work if I've just given you that job. Yes. three minutes before that email goes out because uh, you know if you wait three hours or a day that budget pot has, has, has expired you've lost the revenue opportunity so you know jobs by email have to be immediate you know you have to be able to bring jobs that you know have a lot of budget associated with the, to the top of search results we're, we're not seeing job boards with that capability so they're, they're starting to be able to accept inventory but actually what they're not able to do yet is, is properly make the most of the revenue opportunity that exists um, and that's the change we're expecting to see over three to six months is people going, there's a lot of money on the table here. We yeah. need a little bit of dev. Right, right. Well, and, and that's, again, a lower cost to entry. That's so it. What, one of the things you said to me, Chad, was this is a quick changing landscape. Is this the sort of thing you meant where the impact of doing this is that job boards are changing their models or having to look at their models? Yeah. Well, and I think they're also getting one of the things I just actually just got off the phone with George LaRock from HR Wins. Mm -hmm. Um, job boards uh, are receiving a ton of investment, right? And a lot of that is around, obviously they've been around, they have the revenue lines in place, all that other fun stuff. But what they want to do is they want to start to evolve the model, right? And evolving that model, it's really interesting. The job boards with duration-based ads want to be able to kind of like flip into a, do you want duration-based or do you want performance? And then hopefully the whole model will flip into performance-based where, you know, it's kind of like we're seeing Indeed do some some different types of, of things where they're more of an aggregator search engine and they're turning into an old-timey performance-based job board. Um, right. So yeah, everything is changing very quickly. I mean, it's there's so much rapid change in this area. The biggest problem that I'm seeing is that I say it over and over and over talent acquisition doesn't know how to spell programmatic, let alone start having the conversation, <coughs> which is why we need to have more conversations like this to demystify what's going on. Because uh, all, if you're not getting to the talent fast enough, you lose them in a market like this, you lose talent. Mm -hmm. If you lose talent, you can't get them in the seat. If you can't get them in the seat, you can't create product. You can't create service, whatever it is you're actually negatively impacting the bottom line. And that yeah. is bad for the overall, sure, the overall company. You know what, the, the implication of saying it like that is that it's kind of the direct employer's fault. And my, my experience for what it's worth in the UK is that actually direct employers are open. Um, you know, they're open to new solutions and tech and they're attending industry events and they're looking for stuff and they're participating in forums and they're members of, you know, the industry bodies and whatever. Um, where, where that is failing is that pro, the, the offer programmatic offerings are terrible at communicating the value of what this is and how it works. Mm -hmm. um, and they're so focused on, on their product and their tech and the buzzwords and the AI and the kind of like BS that goes with this space and then they have to kind of out buzzword the next solution. And they're not going, we're, we're still just advertising your jobs, it's still just like a media agency. Um, it's quicker and it's easier. It's just gonna take a bit less of your time and you might save a little bit of money, but don't do it to save money. You know, do it because it's cheaper and it's quicker, better candidates, whatever. Um, like, I, I, I don't know why. And I think it's because most, pro, there are two kind of types of programmatic firm in, in kind of in the markets like us who aren't tech 
companies. So we use uh, AppCast's uh, bond platform, which is called ClickCast. AppCast is a big US firm. Um, and we're a marketing agency. We license that tech, and then we help our clients to, to, you know, to recruit better. Um, however, if a lot of the firms that offer these solutions are the tech providers as well, right? They've built their proprietary tech. So, what, so they're, they're out there selling like a tech firm. Um, and like HR, I've got no shortage of bits of tech to choose from, and they yeah. all find you better yeah. candidates cheaper and whatever. And like it, you, you can't you can't sell through that by adding buzzwords and adding complexity. You you you, you add simplicity to that process. Well, let's um, talk about that landscape though, real quick before you dive any deeper. So how how there's valid there's a validation that's happening in in programmatic right now. Uh, we had AppCast was bought by Stepstone. Uh, Click, Click IQ bought by I, Indeed, Parango bought by TMP, and Recruitix right. bought Recruitix bought by KRT Marketing. So there are three, four different stories. Recruitix bought KRT Marketing. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So there are four different stories there. First and foremost, AppCast bought by Stepstone, and I think they were being courted by Indeed at the same time. Um, this is great, I think, from the Stepstone side of the house, from the UK, the the, the EU side of the house, because. Uh, Stepstone didn't have really any uh, U.S. revenue streams whatsoever. Now they can also start to adapt uh, the prospect of going from duration to performance much quicker because they have uh, really the biggest programmatic player in the space that is now there. So yeah, they're, AppCast is a U.S. firm, but they're owned by uh, a German organization, right? So what, what do you think about this one? What do you think... From a stepstone standpoint, how does that impact your market? Because it, it is, it's in your market. Yeah, I think the I I don't think the market is going to be driven by tech firms, or it would have happened five years ago. Uh-huh. To be honest. I the market is being driven by buyer behavior, and buyer behavior is driven by education. So in, in a way, these acquisitions and the, and the headlines that it creates are, are raising awareness, which is leading to education, which is leading to changes in buyer. They wouldn't be buying them, though, if there wasn't behavior. Well, I th- you buy companies for a number of reasons. I think you, you look at like any outside of recruitment marketing, like uh-huh. programmatic is just default, standard, any other area of marketing. Like, yes. like the idea of duration-based is, is absurd. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't match value. So Can I get a battery ad for 30 days? No. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> Facebook, could I, could I buy that? It doesn't work like that. No. So I, I think anyone from like with an investor hat on would go, recruitment is going to get there. And we want to be a big part of that. We want to hedge our bets against our, our other investments and whatever. So it, it's not, you know, you make investment decisions for, for a range of reasons um, that don't necessarily relate to, you know, kind of how they're performing in the market right now. I mean, even the US, I, I, Chad, you'll be able to remember the reference to this better. Is it Mona at KRT? Uh, um, Austin Theater actually said that we're at like 10, 12%, I think, I think of um, like US recruitment ad spend is programmatic. So in the UK, I, I'm literally pulling a number out of my, but I think it's probably one to 2%, something like that. Um, but I think what we're going to see, it, like, like right now, we're going to see, like in the UK, it happens later, but then when it does happen, it happens quicker. We've got the templates, we've got the, um, you know, all the working processes uh, are kind of worked out for us. So w- when it happens in the UK, it's going to happen way faster than people expect. Well, so, and now, go, go ahead. I was going to say, is, could part of this be because in order to properly use programmatic, you need to use an ad agency 
and that the staffing market in the UK fell out of love with ad agencies. So, well, yeah. I don't I mean, know, I, we used to use them, didn't we? We used to use them to advertise in the Sunday Times, our jobs in the Sunday Times. You would never book an ad direct with the Sunday Times. Um, and then when job boards came on the scene, that relationship was still there until it became apparent that, broadly speaking, you could just book an advert with Monster, why would you not? So I wonder whether a lot of recruitment businesses and HR people, unless they've been around for at least 20 years, yeah. don't don't understand the relationship with that ad agency. I, I don't know. <coughs> I think that's spot on. Like it is it is not normal now to go to an ad agency to buy your media. And yet there are some, there's some brilliant like media agencies like OME, for example. Yeah. Love those guys. You want to buy a job board advert or whatever. Go to those guys, you know, get, and, and they can handle the admin and they can handle everything else for you. Um, and they can add value, like where should I place this job? Particularly if it's a world that you haven't seen come up recently. It's like, where is the best place in market to put this job? But actually, that's the minority of ad agencies. And most ad, ad agencies add about zero to that process, right? And that's why we stopped, we stopped doing that. So it's like, oh, I was going to, you know, place a job with, you know, whoever uh, ad agency comes in. Oh, no, 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 we'll do, we'll do that for you. Like, what? Yeah. what? You know, what, where was the value out there? Um, and because agencies didn't make money out of it properly. So, you know, it, it's fine when you're buying a £10,000 like Guardian tiny advert saying, yeah, we'll make 20% of that as agency commission. That model doesn't work when you're buying like a, you know, 20 quid job advert or a £200 job advert. So the, the ad agencies didn't want to do it. The direct employers didn't see the value in it. We're way, but, but now with something like programmatic coming, coming into the market, we can start to add value again because yes. what you need is data, you need buying power, you need scale, um, and you need real expertise. Um, and, you know, we're one of many companies that are developing that. And, you know, all the good recruitment ad agencies will develop this sort of capability over the next 12 months, whether it's sooner or later, because it's absolutely core. Um, and it's, it's a great win-win. You know, as ad agencies, we can, we can charge for our expertise. It's, it's a win for us. Um, and for the people that we're doing it for, they... They're not spending more than six minutes a month. They're all data. It's clear value adds, you know, for them. So, I th yeah, hopefully the perspective, the resurgence of agencies adding, you know, uh, ad agencies adding value to, to that market again. Well, you see Perengo's bought by AIA, um, TMP, TMP and AIA. So, you know, you see that that is something obviously they're investing in because from a, a, a full holistic digital strategy, this is something that you're going to need as the tip of the spear. No question, right? And then Recruitix, who I thought was interesting, they went from a tech vendor, kind of like AppCast, um, into a, an agency type of a model. Um, but KRT Marketing, who's a pure marketing uh, ad agency, um, they were really focused heavily on the programmatic side of the house. And Recruitix buys them. So it's like, you know, either an agency buying tech or tech buying agencies, you can see that there is a huge need. And I think that right now, um, more than any other time in our industry, you should have an agency helping you out through this. Yeah. Because if you don't, you don't know what the hell you're doing. I mean, oh, you literally, from, 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 yeah, I'm sure. From a programmatic standpoint, from a brand standpoint, from an experience standpoint, from a, from a tech stack standpoint, right? It's never been this confusing and or exciting for geeks like us. But I mean, if you don't have an agency and you don't see this validation in the market that's actually happening, you've got your head in the sand. Yeah. Can I ask one more question, which is um, 
why why aren't people like Broadbean and Idibu doing this? Is this not a natural thing for those multi posters to be doing? Career builder. <coughs> Don't oh, start. <laughs> um, it's a good question. You'd think, one would think that with the reach that a company like Broadbean has, because yeah. in my analogy earlier, right, like manual job posting, Broadbean job posting, yeah, programmatic yeah. job posting, like, you know, who's the leader in that space? Um, like, you know, do the dev, flick the switch, make it happen. Um, yeah. But no. Yeah, in the I, States, yeah. do you see that at all? Chad, is there any of the multi-posters doing this? Well, yeah, no, I, and for some reason, I mean, if you see a company like Broadbean who is owned by CareerBuilder, CareerBuilder is not investing in anything. No. Um, so I, I feel sorry for Dom and the team over there because I think they have a great opportunity to be able to leverage the technology and the relationships that they already have in place. They have infrastructure in place that they could literally, again, as Thomas said, flip a switch yeah. and then everything just rolls from there. But CareerBuilder isn't looking at investing. They're looking at chopping up and selling at this point. Um, the eQuests of the world, I think they just got fat and happy. Uh, I mean, most of the the job distribution organizations, much like Monster, this is we saw this with Monster. They didn't evolve, and what happened? What happened to Monster? They fell off the mountain. I see the same thing happening for those organizations who aren't evolving fast enough, and they believe duration and spray and pray is the only way to do it. No, well, I tell you, I think it's exceptionally weird but perhaps we better move on from me slagging off people who might at some point be my clients uh, <laughs> well they, they probably they probably need a little louise that's for sure because they're yeah. not doing a great job they've got no budget to spend um so what do we need to do to get started then thomas i mean obviously it's really apparent you need to work with an agency it sounds like you can do it yourself but it it's it would be an awful lot of time it wouldn't feel very automated if you were doing it all yourself well, okay. Well, yeah, let's look at what that would look like then. So you could reach out to a programmatic tech company. And if, if, you're, if you're a big corporate or a big staffing firm and you've got a good internal marketing team with biddable people, like paid search people in it, like this is not outside the realms of possibility to do in-house. Um, you know, this is not rocket science. Um, it's the same basic principles as any kind of biddable media buying thing. Um, so you could buy a bit of tech. You could get, you need a person to run that for most, you know, staffing firms or, or direct employers. The, the difficulty is that licensing that tech is expensive. Mm -hmm. um, and what the bit you're missing is, is kind of the broader data piece uh, and the broader industry experience. So it, it's definitely possible. Um, the reality is that it's probably cheaper and easier to use an agency as, as in the market as it stands right now. But we're at immaturity with the tech. So I mean, it might be the, the ATS vendors roll out you know, programmatic bolt-ons to their solution. And, and actually you're getting the tech for virtually nothing. And then all you need is a little bit of expert. So, you know, the, this market might change, but certainly in its immature state right now, a helping hand probably goes a long way. Um, obviously we, we've got a slightly biased viewpoint on that. Um, I think that in terms of first steps, it's very trialable. It's very pilotable. Um, you know, it's the, the whole point is it's not committing. It's like we, we work on like zero day, Periods, like if you don't like you pay it, you know it's but because we can because we're not committing to huge media contracts up front and and the right. setup with a, with a client is really quite minimal um so we we're happy to kind of put that work up front get a little pilot running um so that that's probably a good good starting point um yeah what do you think chad what's your sense about how we get started on this 
I, th I think it's fairly simple. I'm, I'm, I'm a, a dumb white guy. I like it to keep it simple, stupid. It's fairly, it, you call an agency, you don't understand what's going on. You start to, you start to, to look for individuals who understand this. Again, this is why I think KRT marketing was so brilliant. You can either do, try to do everything and not do anything great or really focus heavily on one area and Mona and Ryan and the team over there, they focused on just programmatic being that that face uh, of programmatic. And that was one of the reasons why I, be I believe uh, Recruitix bought them because they were the they were the ad agency uh, that was really could be the face to that technology. But we've talked about we've talked about AppCast, ClickIQ, Perengo and, and Recruitix. Um, what are the other players out there that you see, Thomas? Uh, I see JobEdX, PandaLogic, and Jovio. Who else is out there? I mean, there, there. It doesn't seem like there are a lot of choices. I mean, we're, no, we're 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 behind that. I think in the UK, like we, do, you know, we don't have kind of eight vendors beating down the doors of kind of corporates and big staffing firms. Um, mm -hmm. The reality is two or three companies are probably visible in the market. I mean, you know, most people heard of ClickIQ, they did this like, you know, fantastic two years of kind of PR, they were at every event you turned up at, you know, Richard was speaking. Um, and, and that worked great, right? They've got really good kind of, um, most people know who Click, uh, more people know ClickIQ are, they know Talent Texas are, that's, that's for sure. Um, and yeah, so they're, they're probably kind of the, the best known. I mean, if you're already working with, um, you know, like, you know, the TMPs of the world, I'm sure they've been very vocal about like the Perengo um, acquisition and, and what that means for their clients. Um, but it is, uh, oh, OME, another good example. Um, so they're, you, you know, they quietly, understatedly do their thing, but like really credible agency and, and do loads in the programmatic space now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the companies you're talking about are kind of like tech firms, you know, first and foremost, for the most part, whereas like, I, I guess the noise in the UK comes from the ad agencies and maybe to, to, to an extent that reflects kind of the maturity in the UK market. You know, you need more support, you need more whatever. What's the difference in the ad agencies though? I mean, because it, the, the tech is the tech and in most cases, you're not going to touch the tech when you're working with an ad agency. Um, like I said earlier, you know, uh, KRT really focused heavily on programmatic and they were the face of like a programmatic agency in the US. In the UK, yeah. how do you actually at, at Talent Nexus or one of the other agencies? How do you, if I'm a client, how everybody's going to say they do programmatic, but how right. do I discern who I really want to work with on the, the the stream of programmatic? Yeah, I th yeah, it's a good question. So we. I mean, the, the first thing you're looking for is absolute transparency. What you do not really be buying through is some sort of like network. Um, yeah. So I want to know where my job exists. Um, okay. and, and like, I want a list of all the places that that job has, has you know, been sent to and where I've accrued spend. So complete transparency. You want complete transparency over agency commission. So that the commercials of this world mean that, you know, some, some of the people we spend money, money with give us a kickback. Some of them don't. Um, if we're not completely transparent about how that works, there's a risk that we make decisions that are in our best interest as an agency. Mm -hmm. um, so you need complete transparency. So you ask, you ask the people you're working with, what, what, you know, where have you spent my money? What is the, you know, the agency commission that you get? Are you going to pass that back to me as the buyer? Are you guys going to keep that? There's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, it just means I have to pay you less, but I, I want to know exactly what it is and how it works. Right. So like trans 
in, in a world that's already a little bit cloudy and quite and has the potential to be complicated, absolute transparency. That's the number one criteria. Um, above and beyond that, it's, it's what it always is. It's relationships. Like if, if you find a company with whom you've got a really good um, uh, relationship, with whom you you know share you know values, approach, whatever. That's probably ninety percent of it. You know, the, you, you're not going to find a huge amount of difference in terms of cost. Like it costs a certain amount to do this stuff. It, you know, most agencies are going to charge that sort of money. Um, so it's, it's about the, like the relationship. Um, in some cases, you might find an agency that um, kind of is already integrated from a tracking and analytics perspective. That would be handy. You know, someone whose tech integrates with your ATS. Um, the tech that we use, I think, has more. Um, kind of ATS and staffing firm integrations than anyone else. It's one of the things we talk about, but it's not the end of the world if it doesn't, but it's, it's a bit quicker. Um, so they're, they're kind of the sorts of things you're looking at, but ultimately you need someone that can just sit you down for a couple of hours, uh, you know, with no upfront cost and just go, tell me how this works for my jobs, for my situation, for my budgets. How does this work for me? What are the benefits I'm going to see? Um, so that, that's where I'd start if I was looking, you know, looking around the market. Excellent. Excellent. Well, We've taken 40 minutes of your time to be on the show. We really uh, appreciate it. Uh, Thomas Prince, Talent Nexus, where can people find more out about you and all this programmatic fun stuff that you guys do? That is a good question. Um, I'll put my email address yeah, down here. Yeah. That's a good start. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm more than happy to speak with anyone. So the best thing is to just reach out directly to me. Um, if, if you're in a bit of a sector or something that I don't know much about, it might be that someone on my team is a better place to help you. But um, I'd love to do an initial chat um, and, and maybe we go from there. Do you have, you have a website though, right? Oh, we do have a, yeah, we have a website. Uh, so you can find us at talentnexus.com. There you go. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, check with Alex. Make sure you got that. <laughs> um, I got a little, like, here he is over here. He won't thank me for putting on a, Alex is the man, just so everybody knows. Um, he's, Thomas, the man, he's the man that gets my like, cool mic thing working. <laughs> it worked. Um, Thomas and his team will be with us at our event on the 13th of November as well, and at the Job Board Summit on the 7th and 8th of November. Um, so if you actually want to meet him face to face, that's where he'll be. Excellent. Hopefully he'll have his cowboy hat and boots on. Oh, I hope Don't so. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> no, okay. Um, so... <laughs> Chad, you and I will be back next month talking about something that's hot. We don't oh. even know what it's going to be yet. Do you remember? No. No, well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back. Um, I can't remember when. Sometime in November. Um, I'll share the link below as well. Um, thanks ever so much for getting up early for me, Chad. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining. No problem. Thanks for joining us, uh, Thomas. And we'll see if anybody else puts it on my, my very blurry screen. The sun is shining here. Um, we'll be back. Surely. Which is not normal. No, not at all. <laughs> See you all soon. Thanks so much. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Later. You've got questions. We've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, 
and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.